All right, welcome back to the True North Podcast. My name is James McKenzie, and I've got a couple of special guests with me today. Ryan Moore, what's up, man? Not much, man. I'm happy to be here. Good. And then we have my wife, Jessica McKenzie, back on the podcast. How are you, Jess? I'm pretty excited. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're excited to have you. Um, We are coming out of kind of a base camp season this past weekend, uh, which was the weekend of, well, this is the last weekend in April, so if you're listening to this podcast later on, uh, this is a little look back into what that was like, but had a base camp at Circle M Lodge where about 50 men's lives were transformed and just an incredible opportunity, and then we're actually sandwiched between two base camps because this weekend we have another base camp Yeah. Um, at Camp Wow, and so if you're listening to this when we release this podcast and that camp hadn't happened yet, Go get signed up and come to it. Yeah, we'll but have room uh, for you. we were just thinking that it'd be really good after having all these camps in the spring season to make maybe give you a glimpse into what life can look like coming back from camp and how to do that well and how to do that well from our wives' perspective. Um, and so that's why we thought having Jess on this podcast would be really valuable to hear her heart and have her eyes on us as men and on on us as husbands. And so, Jess, thank you for coming in. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what God pulls out of my heart for my personal experience of having been the wife at home when you've returned, and then also just being able to speak to the women that I walk with in ministry, um, what their experiences are and what I'm hearing and seeing in their lives, too. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So, Let's start with what it looks like as a wife, taking care of the kids all weekend long, and maybe put yourself back to whenever I first went to base camp. You had no idea what I'm doing or being taught, and I'm gone for a weekend, and you're taking care of little ones, and I come back. Um, Talk about kind of where your heart was at during that weekend. I think just unsure of what to expect. I think that at that point in our marriage, I was probably turning a blind eye to things that I was unhappy about. Little things that lived in our relationship that were just too hard to address. Things like little disappointments and missed expectations that I just discounted as this was just a part of being married. But I'd started to carry those around. And hearing the concept of Wild at Heart and Base Camp, I didn't fully understand, like, what's going to be the takeaway? Like, what are you going to learn in a weekend away? Because for me, it's a sacrifice. I'm choosing to take on all the responsibility of leading our family and not only, like, the logistical things to do, but just the battle that happens while you're gone in my heart and in the hearts of our kids and so what's all the sacrifice for? Like, What's going to be the fruit of your time away? I think being a relatively new follower of Jesus, like I'd been a Christian since I was a kid, like I had gotten saved at a young age, but really walking with God, the concept of like spiritual warfare and battling what I thought were just emotions, but actually were spiritual attack was very new to me. And so I think a lot of the emotional resistance that I felt was from the enemy and I didn't fully understand that. And I also consider myself really strong and capable. And so I didn't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I look back, even on the first couple of times that you went to camp, 
I really wanted to come through for you and come through for the kids in your absence and be strong and hold down the fort while you're gone. But I definitely remember a lot of times of feeling really overwhelmed, honestly, with emotions that I didn't fully understand. Like, why am I so overwhelmed at these little triggers of things like, you know, a little one thrown a tantrum, something that normally would not throw me off was really overwhelming. Yeah. And looking back now, I see like the enemy wanting me to feel the overwhelm of those emotions would keep me from saying yes in the future. Yeah. Can you... So John Eldridge does a really good job of um, giving us perspective on what it could look like going back home from camp and encountering spiritual warfare because the enemy now knows what we know and he's freaking out and he's going to try and do something to mess that up. So can you think of maybe either for yourself or through the women that you've had relationship with how has the enemy shown up quickly after camp to unravel the things that happened at camp? Yeah, I I can think of two women who I get to walk with in ministry. Their stories have some similarities. And I think the wounding and the fear for them is that they have been left by their husbands in some way, whether it's you know, infidelity or, you know, emotional affair, like something along those lines, in some shape, they've been abandoned. Mm -hmm. And when the husbands have returned, they've been so on fire, they've been set free, and they're ready to run, which is the end goal. Like you want guys to come back and to take that fire and spread it like that's what you want. But if they're not careful, then the wife is feeling like, man, I spent months or years fighting for our marriage, fighting for healing, fighting for you to come for me. And then he experiences this mountaintop experience and freedom and comes back and just takes off running and leaves her behind and never invites her into the process. And so again, in a different way, she's feeling left behind. I think that as you prepare yourself to go to retreat, be intentional with scheduling time when you get back, go through your journal, go through all of the stuff that God revealed to you when you're at camp You can't digest everything in a weekend. You're going to still have some things that God has for you that still need unpacking. And so schedule time after you get back to be intentional and go through that stuff and then invite your spouse or your family or your community into it and allow them to see like God active in that part of your story. That's a really good point because so many times like out here, guys, they'll go back through their journal afterwards to kind of you know, digest and unpack what whatever they've learned and they, they will be reading their notes and not even remember writing some of those things, yeah. right? And so something new will stick out to them. Um, and it's something, it, like it's another layer of what God wanted to reveal to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to, I mean, you you have to like, maybe you don't share all this stuff, <laughs> but, but definitely like invite your spouse in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so easy for them to feel like you're just running on ahead uh, without them. Why, why is it important for, for women to be invited into this? I think a lot of times we're afraid of rejection. And so we don't want to go, we're not invited. And so I think the invitation is important and it's also vulnerability. Like what I remember James, when you came back from base camp was there was so much in you and so much had happened that you almost didn't know where to start. And so what would have been helpful for me as a spouse when you came back 
was to ask a couple of questions and just get the conversation started. Like, Hey, what was your biggest takeaway? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn that you left behind? You know, tell me something new that you learned about who God is. And so for the spouses and the families listening, start the conversation. Like so much can happen with God when you give him an entire weekend of your life. Mm -hmm. They may not know where to start. And James could attest to this. Like I love to talk and I could tell (laughs) you all the things and spend hours going into the detail and come with so much excitement and, and go through my notes. You know, they're just catching fires. I'm turning pages. And for James, like so much of that is internal getting those thoughts and feelings out into words might be a process. And so have grace it might be a slow, you don't want to dump everything that you got from that weekend. And so take it slow um, and just create intentional space to start sharing that language and the experiences. Can you speak to the wives that maybe are having a hard time with this change that they're seeing? Yes, their husband's becoming better but there might be some resentment as to why it took so long or why it took a men's retreat for this to happen. Can you speak to their hearts about, or can it even be trusted? Right. Right. So like, is it going to be lasting? I would say you're not being called to trust him. You're trusting God in him. And so when your spouse comes back and they've encountered something really deep and meaningful, we're, we're human. We're going to fall back to some of the same patterns and maybe pick up some of the old lies that we carried. But God's going to come back for his heart time and time again. Like God will persist that that healing be lasting change. But sometimes that wound care takes, it's a process. You get to the nitty gritty, to the messy part. But the wound care process is so long. And a lot of times you have to go back into it. And so if you're looking at a zoomed in view, it might not feel like it's going to be a lasting change. It might be a journey that's very much up and down. It's not up and to the right. And so I think as you watch his journey, his behaviors, his words, his actions coming home, have a reasonable expectation that he's a person on a journey just like you are. And ultimately what you're trusting is that God's after his heart. And the changes that are happening, it's going to be messy. I think if we're not careful and we put our hope in the broken person in front of us, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and hurt. I would say on those days when you find yourself doubting, is this real? Did God really show up for him? Is this just like an excuse to get away from home? Or did something real happen for you? Take that question to God. Because not only is God working in the life of your husband while he's gone, that stuff comes back. And the truth of God's word and that healing is going to overflow into your environment at home. And so even if you haven't attended a retreat like this before, God will use the change that he's experienced in your life as an overflow of what he's doing. So for you, whenever James came home, after those first couple of times, where did the transition start as far as like, okay, now I'm getting what this thing is all about? Well, first of all, we're in the middle of a renovation of our home and I'm a doer, but I also had babies and so I couldn't do all the things. And so I was very dependent on James to come through for me by getting projects done. (laughs) Those projects sat for so long and I can't tell you what happened 
in his heart or in his experience. But what I do know is when he came home, he got to work. He didn't just come home with good ideas and words that sounded good on paper. He put them to action. He came back and he served our family and he laid wood floors in the house. And let me tell you, I was, I was celebrating because not only did he keep that change to himself, like he allowed it to change who he was for us at home. And a part of that is tangible. It's visible. It's like, what way can I serve my family? Because you're recognizing this bigger story that I'm living isn't about me. It's about who can I be for God. And your first ministry is your family. And so I think for me, having some doubts or resentments or something going in, I didn't realize that I I really kind of had my arms crossed, not really expecting much fruit of your retreat. And when I started seeing some tangible changes in the way you lived your life, I started to think, this might actually be the real deal. Like I'm actually seeing this guy's a different person. And I think outside of the way that you lived your life at home, something that really stood out to me is I saw a guy who used to go into church and connect with one or two guys and kind of stay in his comfort zone to this guy who would walk into the lobby and be surrounded by guys. Like there, he was just a magnet. Like other men in our church would find him in the lobby and I'd turn around, he's on a mission to get sweet tea and then he disappears and there are 20 guys standing around him and there's just this glow and confidence. And so it wasn't just the way he treated and served our family, but like the men that you connected with in our church, like that was an entirely different person than I'd seen before. Yeah. Do you remember that James? The big, the shift yeah. for you? Yeah, for me. Talk about that a little it, bit. It was sitting at base camp and, you know, they don't speak directly about at any point during the weekend about, you know, doing anything at home. Right. Um, but there was a big part of me that was realizing my heart was almost protecting itself from using a lot of energy at home and, uh, yeah, it's just being comfortable and at camp, hearing that who who God called me to be as a man had, had no consistency with comfort. Yeah. And so, um, now, don't get me wrong, this was, f- what, five years ago, and <laughs> comfort is still a struggle for me. But I knew, sitting at camp that whole weekend, that there was all this wood sitting in my house that needs to be put on our floor, and I haven't been doing it. And just that I knew I was called to be a great husband and a great son, great father, and a simple task like putting floors down in our house would be the starting point of of that journey of continuing to to reject comfort and grow into the man that God's called me to be. It's almost just like character building. Like none of it had to do with being a, a handyman and and laying that wood floor. That was all just symbolic of the inner work that God did on my heart. Um, because I had a supernatural energy coming back. Like I was on fire and I was fired up. Yeah, It was because I'd been called into something great. And I wasn't called to be average like I thought I was. Like I th- before all of this, you know, I thought I was just average at everything. Not special. Not called. 
but going to this, realizing I am special, I am called, and the be- the beginnings of that was laying that hardwood floor, yeah. like so. Uh, that just sparked the fire in me, and then and then transitioning that to the minute church, yeah. that was a ton of uncomfortable moments for me. <laughs> yeah, a ton of decisions just in my head. No one asking me to do anything, but just feeling like I have to step out of my comfort zone if I'm going to do the things that God is putting on my heart. Right, and so I'd just be sitting in the lobby of these churches, of our church, and would feel like I'm supposed to go talk to this guy that's just standing there because I have a secret to tell him. Now I wasn't going to go and tell him right in this moment, but I was going to start the conversation. And the secret was this lifestyle mm-hmm. that I'm learned. I've just learned about. Yeah. Um, and so that turned into, you know, one conversation with one stranger and then the next weekend, another conversation with another stranger while also reconnecting with the stranger I met the, the weekend <laughs> before that. Right. And so that's what turned into a series of uncomfortable conversations that turned into every single weekend. I can't even walk, walk 20 feet in the church without getting stopped about something Yeah, and how life giving that was and is to, to have just that kind of impact mm-hmm. and that kind of relationship with people is it, that's not average. That's not what I got, what I thought I was. Um, but it is what God is calling me to. So that's pretty cool. And I think the common theme between laying the hardwood floor, serving your family, connecting with guys that were outside your comfort zone is that you have something to offer. Mm -hmm. You have something unique because of the work I've done in you to offer your family, to offer your community. Why would you choose to rob someone else of the blessing of what I've done in you? Because again, like you're, you're walking in this bigger story Like God wants to use you, but it's not just about you. Mm. It's about the influence that he chose to give you because of your obedience to step outside of your comfort zone, which is why that circle continued to grow because he could trust you with more and trust you with more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think outside of the weekend, you know, most guys go through life and they think they're average or, um, Somehow, if they do think they're unique, they think they're unique in a bad way. Yeah. Like, nobody understands either what I'm going through or where I've been or, or you know, nobody understands me type mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, when the truth of the matter, that's a that's a lie from the enemy mm-hmm. in that we all are on our own journey and we have our own story. But when you boil it down, we are like three degrees from each other, mm-hmm. regardless of your experience. And so when you can share your story about what God is doing in your life, r- regardless of where the message or platform or whatever came from, right? Like in this case, we're talking about camp. But when you can share what God has done in your life, no one can argue with that. And when you realize that, that kind of gives you, at least for me, it gave me a lot of confidence in sharing, like you said, I have a secret, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I have a story. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to argue theology or, or you know, do any kind of Bible quiz or whatever, you know, to prove my knowledge or, or my, you know, qualification to talk to you about, about Jesus, right? But I can share what God has done in my life, and you, you have to listen. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't argue with it. Like, no one can argue with what God has done in my life, yeah. period. 
And can I just encourage the guys coming back from camp, like exactly what you're saying. I just want to share with you what God did in me. Yeah. You can't invalidate the transformation that God did in my life. Mm-hmm. When you're going back, you don't have to make sense of everything that happened to your spouse. It's not going to make sense until she's experienced it for herself, which side note, please go women go to a change retreat, a sacred journey retreat, like, you know, captivating. But until she's been through it, she's not going to fully understand the language and that's okay. But can I just tell you from the heart of a wife, all she wants to see is your heart. Like, I think one of the most common reasons for there being a breakdown in a marriage is that she doesn't know you. She doesn't know what's in your heart unless you tell her. And she's, she's made a promise to you to steward your heart well, but she doesn't know how unless you reveal it to her. And so just come back and you've already taken the risk to go and be vulnerable with God and vulnerable with men at camp. She deserves that seat in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you go to camp, not only is she fighting the spiritual battle to protect herself and your family, but the covenant of marriage is a sacred thing. Like we're united or kingdom work, whether we see it yet or not, like God unites us together to do work, to grow the kingdom. Like our goal is to grow heaven. Mm-hmm. And when you start to share your heart with her, there's a, a uniting that happens in that moment where the way you view God and the way she views God and the work he's done in each of you starts to be fused together and you become a force to be reckoned with. There's so much gain from that moment of vulnerability. And I think you'd be surprised like how well you're going to be received. If you have something to confess or something to share or an experience that you want to talk about, it's a risk worth taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that that is the core of what every woman would like. But on the surface for you men, I think there's going to be a lot of you that your wife isn't going to seem like that's what she wants. She, at the end of the day, she needs to know your heart, whether she knows it or not. She, she wants that. Um, and so take that risk. But then also when it comes to confession, I think it's important to be extremely prayerful and seek wise counsel um ryan can you speak on that yeah i mean golly uh oftentimes coming out come coming out of this experience there are actions that that need to be taken Uh, confession potentially being one of them um and sometimes you know we can we can lose sight of the fact that that we've been gone at a retreat for four days Mm -hmm going through these things right and and actually maybe processing it with with other dudes yeah um that that have helped us along uh but what we need to remember is that our wives have been home in the real world Mm -hmm. and so we're on day four they're on day zero Mm -hmm. essentially um and, and in regards to what type of confession you know if it's an affair that you've been having for years or or pornography addiction or alcoholism whatever money i mean who knows uh whatever whatever that is um we still have a responsibility to to steward our our wives heart well Mm -hmm. um and um there are ways to make those confessions less hurtful there's just a, a right way and a wrong way yeah for sure um because it's it's tough 
and uh, it'll be messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you cannot be tied like to, to what you were saying. When we need to ask for forgiveness, when we need to make a confession, mm-hmm. we cannot. We we need to do that out of obedience and mm-hmm. faith that God is going to work that thing for good, mm-hmm. right? To those that love Him, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we have we have to step out in obedience and do that. But there's there's a way to do that, and we can't be tied to the outcome, um, regardless of, of how it looks in the in between. And sometimes that looks like bringing bringing someone else in. That, that has experienced it or walked that road can be incredibly helpful yeah. um, because if it's if it's done uh, the wrong way, there can be more wounds created yeah. rather than excavating old wounds to then you know bring those things to light. And so, if there's a if there's a confession to make or forgiveness to be um, asked for, to to seek wise counsel yeah. and to to reach out and ask for help, yeah. ask for help because that's one. one one big thing, like Jesus was the only man alive that could have done this life on his own, and he chose not to. Yeah. Um, and we're not called to do this thing alone. Well, I, I think even speaking to like if there's something to share, something that was really practical for me with James was just bringing light to something that I didn't understand. And so like for you to come back and tell me, hey, there's this lie that I've been believing about myself. And I know now it's not true, but it's going to be a battle to really get there and to begin to believe in myself. But I didn't think I had what it took to come through. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have anything to offer. And so that's why I've been disengaged or that's why I haven't come through on these things. And then in the moment, like you have so much compassion for the person sitting in front of you because, you know, I, my emotion in that moment is like, oh my gosh, like that's so far from the truth. Like I believe in you, but also when the circumstances of life come in between you, which is the goal of the enemy, right? Use those mm-hmm. little things. You begin to believe like he doesn't want to come through for me, mm-hmm. but the truth is what you're believing about yourself is that you can't. And so even if it's something like that, that you can share coming back may seem small, but to her, it might be the thing that she's been needing to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also important to really consider the environment in which you share those things. You mean not with toddlers crawling on your lap? Right, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking was you don't show up Sunday evening from base camp and and have the kids hugging around your legs and you say, hey, honey, by the way, you know, I've got this going on. And then she's just left to deal with the chaos and and the fallout from that. and even if that's small confessions, like just be prayerful about how that looks because we know for a fact that uh, we've heard stories. Uh, there are some wives that have trauma from their husbands coming back and revealing something about themselves at base camp. And it's because it was done in the wrong way uh, and not with God's direction. They just went home, dumped it on them, yeah. and left it for them to deal with. And so men... Be kind, yeah. pray, let, allow the Father to lead you in that. It's the difference between the wife as a result of, of you sharing and being vulnerable. It's a difference of, of her getting wounded or her having a perspective of understanding of what your experience has been as a couple. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to your point, Jess, it's, yeah, like, it's really enlightening. That's the two ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like if you do it correctly, this can be the foundation 
of moving forward in a healthy way. Um, and, and it'll be blessed. Um, if you do it incorrectly, it can, it can really set you back. Um, and then you'll just have that much more to, to work through. I'm thinking about coming back from like base camp is not just a mountaintop experience. Let's be clear about that. Like what happens at this type of retreat is a mountaintop experience, but that's the going away to be with God, right? But you don't just leave what you learned on the mountaintop. You bring it back down with you. And so I think the weekend Mm -hmm. of retreat, when you come back and the days following, that's the immediate response to what God did. Um, But going forward, the long-term is just as important as like the triage that happened at camp. And so for me, like from, from a pastoral perspective, looking at guys that come back from retreat, I've seen one of two things happen. One, a guy goes to base camp and you're like on the edge of your seat waiting to see the fruit of the change that happened. You're expectant and then nothing happens. He goes back to his life. A little bit of healing happened. He learned some new language and then moved on which is really discouraging because having experienced that, I know God has more for you than just this moment. Mm -hmm. And then for your family can feel like, what did we make the sacrifice for financially our time, the spiritual warfare that happens when you go, it was all for nothing. And so my encouragement is like this walk with God is a journey. Base camp is one point along the road of your journey, but it has to continue Like what I would plead with guys for as a pastor in the church is bring the fire back to the men around you. Like you have, just like what we talked about with James standing in that circle of guys, God has now entrusted you with influence because of what he knows about your heart. The condition of your heart has been changed and you have a secret to tell. You've got something to share. Share it. Mm -hmm. Like you now have the responsibility to take that message and share it with your community And so what I've seen that's been the most thrilling thing is when a guy comes back and his circle starts to grow. I think of Greg Lavelle as a guy who attends at our campus. And Greg began leading a life group feeling so inadequate and ill-equipped and insecure and creating space for guys because he didn't think he had anything to offer. And then he slowly invested in them and then he experienced base camp. And God lit a fire in him. Mm -hmm. And like you said, something was unleashed. And he came Mm -hmm. back. And I watched this guy invite one man after another after another to base camp. And then I watched those guys come back. And then their families are serving together. They're attending consistently. Like, they've been changed. Like, they're brought back to life. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about James having some influence in Greg's life and then Greg inviting one guy to come to camp, but then it's that guy inviting another guy and then he's serving in the kids ministry and he's a different leader and follower because of what he's experienced. It's the ripple effect. Like don't diminish the ripples and the influence that you could have by just sharing your story. Yep. That's really good. Yeah. I think camp, I mean, you, the, the difference is we give you some new tools, mm-hmm. right, at camp. But there are some dudes that they open up the toolbox and they look at it and they think it's awesome, and then they leave it there. Mm-hmm. You know, they forget to take it home with them and use it. Um, and sometimes it takes a few times. Sometimes we never see them again. Yeah. But it's kind of, you know, it's meant to be a catalyst. Um, 
And James, I love you said, you know, it's this lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. It's walking with Jesus. It's the gospel. We are sharing the gospel in a different way than you've heard before through movie clips and John Eldridge speaking, who's Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, Mm -hmm. like we're just inviting Jesus in Mm -hmm. and, you know, but gosh, we're called to live it out, to walk it out, Mm -hmm. to walk it out. And it's so simple. Like nothing is required of you that you don't already have. Like God will give you exactly what you need in the moment to share with the person in front of you what he wants for them. Mm -hmm. You are literally a conduit. He just wants to send a message through you because you're willing and your heart is softened to him. It's as simple as just sharing one moment with the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Ryan, I don't have to be, you know, I have to go to seminary in order to share my experience. What I know what God did in my life. Yep. That's all you're called to do is share. Who is God to me? We're not great at this, but because uh, sometimes we just steamroll right into camps ourselves and we're the ones you know putting this stuff on but Jess what what would be a good strategy or practice for families that are going into a camp week um from the wife's perspective what can the husbands do um to prepare your family whether it's the very first retreat that these folks are going on or maybe they're just consistently you know going to one or two retreats a year um, we've talked about the warfare, um, and guys, the warfare is just absolutely nuts. Working for True North, we get to hear it all because people are messaging us and telling us, you know, uh, car troubles, medical problems, <laughs> all these things that it's like, yeah, anything to keep you from coming to camp, of course. Yeah. Um, and so we get to see that on our end, but uh, there's also preparation that takes place to that can fight against that warfare. What what have you seen? Um, from a wife's perspective of a good, good way to do that. First of all, talk about it. I'm not always great about telling people about what's going on in my life. Cause I think they don't care. They care. <laughs> your people are in your life because they love you. Yep. So if you have a life group or you have a prayer group or a Bible study or whatever it is you do to find community, tell them what you're stepping into and allow God to use their prayers to battle for you and your family. And then we all have responsibilities to keep the machine, which is our household running. And like James takes our, our little guy to school in the morning and he packs a snack and he makes sure he's got his bag and his drink and all the things set your wife up for success. If she's going to be dropping them off for school on Friday, make sure she knows what the routine is. Set the kiddos up, let them know, Hey guys, I'm going to go away for a couple of nights, but it's so that I can spend some time with Jesus to come back and be a better dad for you. Mm -hmm. So prepare the house, prepare the hearts of the people that you love, share the vision of why you're doing what you're doing. And if you don't know why you're going because someone just invited you, ask them (laughs) and read the packing list. Set yourself up for a good experience. Like if you need to bring a camp chair or energy drinks or a pillow, whatever your thing is, like set yourself up for a good experience. And then something that I think the girls in our ministry have learned is whatever fasting looks like for you preparing for camp not only are you preparing your body and your mind and your heart and your spirit, like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Your entire self is being committed to this process. And so just invite God in maybe three days before and say, you know, how would you like to prepare me for this experience? And it may mean sacrificing a meal or a block of time in prayer to make sure that you don't just show up 
frazzled and a mess, but you show up prepared to receive what God has. Um, and then returning, like, I think what our group did a good job of, um, in our retreat was preparing ourselves before camp. And then we came back from retreat the first time and I got hit by a truck sick for like over a month. I didn't think to cover the back. And so going in, we prepared ourselves, but coming back home, we did not prepare ourselves for the resistance that we were going to encounter. You know, someone said to me, like, this is the price that you pay for doing battle. You come back and you're beaten up and you're exhausted. So one, that's a real thing. So prepare for that, but pray over yourself, invite your community to pray over that too. Yeah. That's so good. Um, You know, this is a discussion that is obviously going to be ongoing on this podcast. It's really what the podcast is all about anyways, is how do we go home? Well, well, yeah. Every resource we're giving on the podcast is, well, just to walk with Jesus. Like you said, yeah. this is the gospel. Simple but not easy. It's what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> and so uh, we're just kind of doing it in the context and the vehicle of True North and what that looks like. And so we just want you to know we're going to continue feeding you this type of content. Um, and we've got a new way that we're going to be doing that as well. Uh, for True North, we are going to be doing a monthly gathering called The Frontier, and it's going to start on Monday, June 12th. We're going to be doing it every single month on the second Monday of every month. It'll be from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. And go to our website uh, to find out more information. Um, But this is going to be an event that leaving base camp, you're going to want to be at. It would probably be a great goal to make sure for the next six months after base camp that you're at six of these frontier events <laughs> because the frontier is going to help take what you learned at base camp and continue to slowly implement everything and not let it for, you know, not let you forget mm-hmm. what yeah. you've learned because yeah. the enemy is going to try and steal this from you as soon as you get home. And so we are providing that resource. We're really excited about it. It's a free event. Um, that we're going to start next month, like I said, June 12th. Um, so be sure to be a part of that. Reach out to us at info at truenorth.live if you have any questions about it. Um, but that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you, Jess, for coming in. Yeah, thank you, Jess. And, uh, man, I just really enjoyed this time in this conversation. I think it's important. And at the end of the day, I think our hearts are just for everyone to take their healing and they're calling seriously.